0: what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show this is the oklahoma outdoors podcast i am your host john hutsmith and if you're listening to this deer season has officially began that's right it is deer season it's bear season also waterfowl season's coming up before too long but anyway i'm getting ahead of myself uh odd quick little story to tell you guys real quick before i jump into this but i gotta tell it so anyway for the past like Honestly, two months I have been dealing with uh, this foot issue. It's not like pain or anything like that. It's more of like a like an athlete's foot type thing. I I guess that's what it is. Super dry, itchy, but it it, you know it doesn't really bother me that much. Like I don't notice it during the day. At the end of the day, when I you know take my socks and shoes off and stuff, I, I notice it. I itch a little bit, but then I forget about it again. But anyway, like I said, it's it's been like two months now that this has been going on. So finally. The other day, I was like, you know what? I probably need to do something about this. And so I mentioned something about it to my wife, kind of told her what was going on. She's like, oh, I have a good idea. So she walks out of the room, comes back in, and she throws me this bottle. And I catch it, and I look at it, and I quickly realize that it is my daughter's diaper rash cream. <laughs> so at first, I kind of thought she was you know, making fun of me or whatever. But then I got to looking at the bottle, and you know, was talking about like, moisture and itch relief and pain relief and all this stuff and I was like you know what this is not a bad idea so I tell you that to tell you this here I am it is September 28th three days before opening day of deer season I have zero food plots in the ground I have a buck coming into a location that I don't think I'm going to be able to hunt because of the wind and my foot is covered in diaper rash cream. So just wanted to say welcome to my life. This is what's going on. And welcome to the show. So anyway, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about a few of those topics. I'll leave my foot out of it from here on out. Um, but yes, as I mentioned, I guess on the last episode, went up to plant my food plots. My you know, brother was having some equipment issues. I wasn't able to get a tractor or anything to plant. Uh, I will say, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. I did shortly consider just broadcasting the seed because I had everything else you know there ready to go but we were supposed to have gotten some some rain leading up to that weekend that did not come it was completely dry and then checking the extended forecast I think there was like two or three days where there was a chance of or like a 40 to 50 percent chance of rain but just not enough you could count on and so I was really afraid that I would spend all this time, and you know, spreading all this expensive seed, and then it wouldn't rain, You'd just be sitting out there in the sun, baking, and, and not, you know, so, yeah. So, anyway, I basically talked myself out of broadcasting, decided to just wait and drill it later. Um, turned out to be a terrible decision, because, like I said, that was, you know, Saturday and Sunday over the weekend. I think it was that Wednesday... A storm popped up and we ended up getting two and a half inches of rain, which is like a dream rain if you broadcast seed. You want that nice big heavy rain to push everything down. Uh, I think that Friday we got another like half inch, which would have been awesome. And and then here we are that following Thursday and I got nothing. Um, I, I would love to plant food plots this weekend, but I'm also a little worried like if I am going to hunt Sunday evening. I don't necessarily want to be, you know, clunking the tr- the tractor around and stuff on Saturday planting. Um, so, yeah, still trying to figure out that. Uh, I thought about maybe taking trying to take Monday off work, but I don't know if that's going to work. Just got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, so, yeah, so as far as my food plots, still at a loss, uh, which is kind of funny because this week's episode is about, uh, you know, seeds and food plots and everything. Um, so still trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing there. As far as the buck that I mentioned coming in, uh, I've talked about it a lot on Instagram this week. So my number one target buck, Stone, he still is coming in almost every day within shooting light or, or before shooting light. I believe it was Monday. He came in like 20 minutes before the end of legal light, which is amazing. And then, uh, and then also, uh, sorry, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different strings to this web here. Uh, we, you know, the, my brother moved the cows around and there are currently cows in the pasture with two of my four feeders. And so one of those pastures is the cemetery pasture where the 2% buck has been showing up. So literally the night that uh, the cows were put in that, or the day that that, uh, the cows were put in that pasture, he quit coming in. He had been like every day, every day, every day, cows move in there, no more pictures. That would have been, I think, Sunday. Uh, but that Monday night where I just talked about, uh, stone came in 20 minutes before he showed up at that feeder. Uh, it would have been, it was late. It was like two o'clock in the morning, something like that. But I think what happened was he tried to go to his favorite spot. There was cows there. And so he went to the other spot he knew about, which also just happens to be our land, which is awesome. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so Monday night stone shows up 20 minutes before the end of legal light and then 2% buck shows up way late after that. Tuesday night of this week, um, Stone, I did not get a picture of him before daylight, but I did get a picture of the 2% buck just like five minutes after Legal Light. And so, and again, that was when I got a picture of him. So more than likely, he was out there potentially within shooting range before Legal Light. Uh, And then I got a picture of Stone like 30 minutes after that. So he was obviously in the area too. My guess is that Stone was on his way in. The 2% buck came out and kind of pushed him off, pushed him out of the area, and then you know kind of took the feeder over. So, so I'm guessing that both of those bucks were out at the same location before shooting light. Last night, Wednesday night, uh, Stone again was there before the end of legal light. I think uh, the 2% buck, I got a picture of him like 20 or 30 minutes after shooting light. So all this to say, like I am jazzed. Like This is the spot I've been preparing to hunt um i you know i've been checking the weather i know it's going to be hot i was actually i've been uh, concocting like a portable ac thing that i can put in the blind i have a banks blind here because there's not a good tree and so i was like man i have this cheap cooler i can like pack it full of four or five bags of ice i bought this battery operated fan i was like i can crack the lid put that fan in there the fan will push the cold air out have all the windows closed and basically turn that uh, you know, instead of it being an oven, have it be a little freezer. I can sit in there, won't be sweating or anything like that. Uh, when the sun starts going down, I can turn it off so there's no noise. Good to go. So I have this whole plan put together. Uh, you know, we're like, again, we're like three days away from all of this. And then today comes along, and uh, I just so happened, just because I'm excited for deer season stuff, I uh, I opened the Deercast app, the, the, the app that the Drews have. And You know, it kind of gives you a prediction. It gives you all the weather and moon, and it has like a okay, good, great, or bad, you know, rating for the day and everything. So I was just kind of checking it, just, you know, kind of see what the app was telling me. And that's when I noticed it. Um, And I have no idea why. There's no front coming in. There's no front coming out. For whatever reason, uh, I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Instead of having our typical south wind, we have a straight east wind. And that is the worst possible wind I can have for this setup. Literally northwest, south, I'm good. East wind, it just it blows straight from the blind, out over the food plot and the feeder and everything like that. And so with two potential shooters coming out in daylight on opening day, as of right now, I I don't think I'm going to be able to hunt it because of the wind. I mean, like, my access is from the east. The wind would be coming from the east, blowing straight towards the feeder, straight towards the food plot, everything. Like, it's just terrible. And I start, like, I immediately opened Onyx and was looking at the map, and I had this idea. I was like, man, like, I can come way, you know, swing way to the south. I can hug the tree line and just hunt off the ground. Like, I'm pretty sure I know where they're coming out, Um, and maybe I could get them that way. But again, just trying to think, you know, rationally and big picture and everything. If something were to happen, like if I were to guess wrong, you know, if they came out in a different spot or, you know, maybe they hung up a little bit, came out a little bit later, I would be absolutely stuck out there on the edge of the field because there's there's no way I can get off our property by going west or south. If I went north, I'd be going literally straight through the heart of my sanctuary, bedding area, all that. Uh, Obviously, if if I went east, I'd be walking right into the deer. Again, one, potentially two uh, shooters plus does and smaller bucks and everything like that. And so I'm just stuck in this conundrum right now because I I have a chance. I have a chance at one, maybe even my top two shooters um, on opening day. But as of right now, just the wind is absolutely... Kicking my tail, and so again, it's still a couple days out. I'm crossing my fingers that something changes and it goes to our normal south wind. Uh, But yeah, I I I don't know. I'm gonna have a very very tough decision um, because again, I just I just don't think it's worth the risk as much as I want to want to. I don't think it's worth the risk to hunt this spot opening day with my top two bucks coming in right at the edge of daylight if the wind is wrong. So so anyway, that is all the conundrums that, I, that I'm in right now. Uh, kind of back to the food plot thing. Like I really want to plant my food plots this weekend. Uh, but again, so this feeder where these bucks are coming, that's at my big food plot. So I don't necessarily want to be in there like on Saturday, you know, spraying, driving around, planting, all that stuff if I'm going to hunt it Sunday. Um, I thought about trying to take off work on Monday so I like I could hunt Sunday evening and then plant on Monday, but just the way work's looking right now, I don't think that's going to be an option. So yes, that's where I'm at right now. Again, by the time this episode airs, I will have been forced to make a decision and will have done whatever that decision is. So y'all can look forward to that um, hearing from me, but yeah. Anyway, that's like 11 minutes of me rambling about how terrible things are, even though things are Actually, pretty darn good, and I'm very fortunate to be in this situation. So, so yeah, like I said, look forward to that. I'll let y'all know what I work out, but it's just it's consuming my brain right now. So I had to kind of word vomit that out to you guys. Anyway, today we have a great guest. We have Keith Hammer on today, and he works for Stratton Seed. Great episode. I, I love this company. I've used their products before. Uh, great company, and we get into it in the episode. But one of the big reasons that I I like using this company's products is because they are really grown and focused and targeted to people in the south uh you know it's it's not your typical midwestern you know plant in the middle of august and we get into all that stuff that you see at a lot of retailers and stores and and stuff that's kind of shoved down your throat um in the deer industry but again you know i talk about it all the time here in oklahoma and and even the surrounding states we're just kind of not in that typical midwest area like you know our weather's different climate's different soil's different and so uh, again we cover all this in the episode but uh just a really really good episode with a really really good person who works for a really good company so yeah this was a long intro my apology for that but uh, we have a really really good one this week as always so we're gonna hear a quick word from our partner And then we will get into our episode with Stratton Seed right after this. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit BravadoWireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Hey everybody, welcome to the show this week and today we got special guest Mr. Keith Hammer. How you doing Keith?
1: I'm doing great John, thanks for having me
0: absolutely man and uh really excited about this one uh keith you work for stratton seed company so we're gonna be talking a lot of seed and flu- food plot type stuff today great time going into the season now but uh before we get too far uh keith i want to give you a chance just to kind of introduce yourself tell everybody a little bit about who you are
1: yeah so like you said my name is keith hammer um i started working for stratton seed back in 2018 was when i started and um Honestly started out in the warehouse, uh, conditioning the seed that we grow locally there in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Um, I probably started selling about three or four years ago now. Um, I'll just go ahead and give a little brief history of Stratton while I'm at it. Uh, So Stratton Seed uh, was, uh, we came about 1948, we're third generation owned, uh, privately owned uh, family company. Um, like I said, we just celebrated our 75th anniversary uh, this past year. Uh, we we do mainly row crop seeds, so soybeans, wheat, rice. Uh, grow it all locally, produce it um, ourselves. We got about six locations throughout Arkansas, and then one in the Boot Hill, Missouri. But and then we brought on the wildlife piece about four years ago now, probably going on five, and uh, it's just been been growing every year uh we kind of kind of have our hands full every year just keeping up with the demand that we've got which is a blessing so we're thankful for it um but yeah that's kind of a brief real brief history of Stratton anyway and kind of where I came from with it as well
0: great great love it absolutely love it and you uh you kind of hinted on it but I, I wanted to start there where you were just talking about of um, you know, maybe this is different than most food plot type, uh, podcast, but I want to talk about your actual seeds. Uh, you know, you mentioned locally grown and stuff. So, uh, tell us a little bit about just kind of the production, how that all goes out. Like, do y'all grow it yourselves? Do you contract it? Um, just kind of tell us about where these seeds come from.
1: Right. So, yeah, we have a, we have a hand, I say a handful. It's definitely more than that, but we have some farmers that, um, set up on a program basically that, that they grow our seed for us. Um, obviously it's maintained throughout the year to, to keep the highest quality possible and needed to uh, to sell it. And just that way we can give the end user a better quality product. So we've got farmers that do that for us. We, we bring it in house after it's harvested and uh, clean it, condition it from there. And then we go into bags from there. So that's kind of the gist of it. And it like I said whenever we talked about locally grown so like I said we're in Stuttgart Arkansas eastern Arkansas east of Little Rock if you're familiar with that but um, we service as a as a sales force we service about 11 states here in the south ranging from uh, Texas Oklahoma all the way to um, really Georgia but Alabama that kind of Tennessee Kentucky that area and then all states in between so kind of a wide footprint but most of what we do um plant seed wise will fit all those areas that I just mentioned
0: yeah and that's why I, I really wanted to focus on that question and, and why I loved having you on because uh I just feel like you know, this is kind of coming from a, a, a fellow southerner a lot of the I mean not just seed but a lot of whitetail products in general I feel like are just really targeted to the Midwest, you know, the Iowas and um, Illinois, all that stuff. And uh, and just like I'm just being honest, you know, things are different. Uh, Soils are different. Growing conditions are different. Temperatures are very different. And so, you know, one uh, I wouldn't say it's a pet peeve. But one thing that I try to like warn people against is, you know, if you pick up that little five dollar bag from whatever store you bought it from, and it's got the the celebrity with a giant buck and this beautiful green food plot that they planted, You know, a lot of times you flip that over and like the suggested fall planting date is like middle of August. And I don't know about you, but like where I am, if I try to plant something, you know, fall crop in the middle of August, it's going to just burn and sizzle and never actually produce anything. And so, uh, you know, I like that y'all are kind of more southern based. The the seeds that that y'all are selling are grown and produced and really mint for this type of area and obviously this is the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast so I'm I'm kind of focusing on Oklahoma uh but you know a lot of most of the state except for maybe that very northeast corner it's just a little drier it's a little hotter than most people would find in the midwest so I just really like that y'all's stuff is kind of more focused for down here.
1: Right yeah and so basically just to kind of go off what you said there but everything we grow here um, especially in your part of Oklahoma, there's not that much difference. So mm-hmm. anything we grow here will generally work in your area as well, and and that's why we've had success just in our outreach there. Like I said, the 11 states, yeah, there's some differences as far as weather and soils and um, and moisture and all that precipitation. But in the grand scheme of things, it's all pretty similar. And will work work mm-hmm. very well where. Where, like, when you talk about the Midwest, they're planting they're planting in July, really, mm-hmm. and and I would suggest doing that. But down here, like you said, if you try to plant a plot, especially this year, yeah. in August, mm-hmm. um, it's been real hot and dry this year. It really hadn't been very conducive for food plots, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into that a little bit later too. But there are certain things that that you can do to help yourself um, take it take advantage of what mother Nature's giving you, whether it's too much rain, not enough rain, that sort of thing. But, but yeah, back to your question, it's everything we kind of grow right there locally is will be, be suitable to our, your environment over there as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, and yeah, you touched on it. Might as well go ahead and get into it. Cause that was definitely one of the questions I have. Cause it seems like the last three years, maybe even a little bit more than that, we've just had these crazy dry summers and, and, this year was a little different. I feel like the last couple of years, we we actually got a lot of moisture in the spring. Like we had some pretty wet springs. And then, you know, right there around the end of May, it seemed like everything just shut off. This year, we were below average, even in the spring. Now, I will say we had some very well-timed rains, at least where where we are. You know, it seems like it, we'd get a little bit of rain and five to seven days later, we'd get a little bit more rain. So we actually had a fairly decent growing season but we were still well below average, but then, you know, this summer it shut off and it just seems to have still stayed shut off. And so I, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on ways to help people out. Is it just, you know, is the best thing to do just to wait and plant later uh, or whatever tips you have, I'm, I'm definitely open for.
1: Yeah, I think a good rule. I mean, rule of thumb is you you'd like to see 45 to 60 days of, of growing season before frost hits. Now, Obviously, we can't do that this year, probably, because I feel like we're going to go from a heat stroke summer to to a cold fall pretty quick mm-hmm. in a matter of just a few weeks, probably from what the weather's kind of looking like. But um, obviously, that's a little dramatic, but you get the point. But mm-hmm. what I tried to do is like this year, I planted one. We had a little bit of a system move through last week. I think we ended up getting three quarters of an inch out of it. Um, and so I didn't really, I didn't plant one plot until just this past week where generally I would be planting, I would like to plant first of September in my area. And mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty similar to where you are too. You could probably get away in your neck of the woods planting a little bit later, really, even up till now. Mm-hmm. Um, first of October, just kind of got to play with the weather. You certainly don't want to plant in August because you see, I ever it happens every year, John. We get mm-hmm. guys that in middle of August they're excited about it they see you know we always get that one little not cold snap but cooler stretch right there in August and there's a little bit of rain in the forecast and everybody starts freaking out Mm -hmm. and uh, I just try to tell them to hold on just because it happens every year it'll turn hot and dry and if if you get that food plot up and going and it don't rain for three weeks and it's 100 degree days you're going to be calling me not happy Mm because because the seed's not doing what it needs, but it's gotta have some water to do that. So yeah, um, I would just, in situations like that, I'd suggest planting later. Um, And then hopefully we catch some rains here in the next few weeks. But um, one thing that, and what I was gonna get into with this question was, I know it's not suitable for everybody, but you don't have to have a big drill to do this. I know that can be expensive and time consuming, but if, if you can keep from it, not disking up the ground and exposing that, that dirt to the sun, basically. Um, hidden dirt is a is a pride and joy for, for a food plot. If you can keep it, basically you can still terminate it, spray it with glyphosate, whatever to terminate it, and then go in with some smaller seeded stuff like uh, clovers or brassicas, something like that. Basically, what that does is that thatch layer basically will help hold that moisture into the ground and not basically evaporate with with the daylight sun and everything else. So um, that's a good option to do it if if you can keep from keeping that disc in the field. I know it's fun and I've done it myself too, and it and it works. Don't get me wrong, but that's just one way to kind of kind of help beat the drought and and allows your soil to hold moisture a lot longer too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even if you do have a drill, you know, a lot of people are no-till drilling, still not using that plow. You know, that's going to work even better if I'm, you know, not unless I'm uh, fooling myself. But yeah, you know, like you said, spray it, kill it, then run that no-till drill through there, just straight over top of all of that. Get that seed down there where there's hopefully a little bit of moisture and uh, and let it go.
1: Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, I want to back up to one thing real quick that you mentioned that, uh, before I forget it, uh, you know, you, which I'm glad you did, you know, you mentioned that, you know, probably need to wait a little bit into September. I I love that first September time period. And I didn't get that this year. We'll get into that in a second. But, uh, you know, I think one thing that people maybe, uh, just kind of have maybe a little bit uh, wrong in their head is, and I think a lot of it again comes from seeing that picture on the bag, these giant bucks, you know, pretty days and these nice green food plots, but, uh, you know, you don't need your food plot to be two feet tall opening day for it to be effective. Uh, you know, if anything, you want it to be kind of that more shorter, newer growth that deer really love. And so, you know, if you plant too early, I don't, you know, it's not necessarily going to get too mature. Deer will still eat it. Um, but there's nothing wrong with it being just a couple inches tall on opening day to attract deer, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, so Ain't nothing more attractive to a deer than new growth, and mm-hmm. that don't matter. they don't matter if it's coming off of woody browse, uh, from a tree you, you cut, or or a food plot that's growing out of the ground that's two weeks old. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you're right, there's nothing more attractive to
0: a deer like that than, than that fresh growth for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that brings me to my next point. So I I again I I love trying to get seed in the ground. Kind of I I usually wait till about mid September, uh, but this year I have a, a one year old. Uh, I went and hunted a little bit in Nebraska because my sister moved up there, and uh, so I went to plant my food plot weekend before last, which would have been that mid September time frame. Uh, get up there, and unfortunately, my brother had had some equipment breakdowns. He was baling hay. I couldn't get a tractor or anything. So I still do not have seed in the ground. We're, we're recording this on September 28th today. Uh, and so, but with it being so dry and you mentioned this temperatures and stuff, um, in your opinion, like, am I wasting my time? If I plant, you know, maybe this upcoming weekend, or maybe I can't get it in this weekend, the next weekend, that early October time frame, am I wasting my time? Or is it, and do you think it's still worth planting?
1: I think it's still worth planning at this point now if we were having this conversation two weeks from now i'd probably say it's just what not your year. but mm-hmm. um i think i think we're fortunate enough uh versus like the midwest like we were talking about earlier is we have a longer growing season so and none of us know exactly when that first frost is going to hit i mean it's all a gamble at the end of the day anyway that's why they call farming but um but We've got a much longer growing season, so we can get away with those later plantings. Um, I'm, I am i want to say it was, I can't remember if it was two or three years ago now, I planted one the first week of October and it turned out better than my plots did that I planted three weeks prior to that. Hmm. So it just all depends on the year. Hmm. Um, like I said, we could turn around and get a frost in end of October and that plot may not do as well as it should have. But It could be the middle of November too, you know, just as well as I do. Yeah. It's, it's not that much different from Arkansas weather and with you being in South Oklahoma, it's, you're going to have probably, you're generally going to have a little bit longer window Mm -hmm. of, uh, of growing season. So use it to your advantage, moral Mm -hmm. of the story. Yeah. Um, I think if, if, if you can still get something in within the next week or 10 days, even if you just get 30 days of growing out of it, that's, that's, that's it's more beneficial to have a little bit than
0: nothing at all so yeah i like that um, i like that thinking yeah i uh so i i had thought about like again I, I had the seed i was ready you know two weeks ago whenever it was um got up there but you know i didn't know till i got there that i wasn't going to have the equipment and we had spray i i'd had soybeans out there and i had sprayed glyphosate over those soybeans probably a month before that so um, had killed most of it there was a little bit of fresh stuff that was still going through and and I actually I was fighting I thought about just going out there and broadcasting it like you talked about um, but we we had been supposed to get some rain leading up to that weekend which we did not I mean we got zero and then that next week there was like two or three like 40 to 50 percent chances but and so basically I kind of chickened out because I was like I don't want to broadcast it and not get any rain and have it exposed to the sun or critters get it or whatever. And uh, of course, three days later, we got two and a half inches of rain. <laughs> and so definitely, uh, missed my luck. Uh, definitely missed out on a good opportunity there. Um, but like I said, still got it. Um, definitely think it's still worth putting in. I was I was just curious. Uh, let me ask you this, and there may not be, since I am going to be planning later, and that's one of the good things about this podcast. I can ask people my personal questions, but, uh, but I, I'm sure there's other people out there in the same boat. Is there anything you would do differently planting, you know, first of October as opposed to first of September?
1: No, not really. Um now it all it all kind of depends on time frames and, and what you have the availability to as far as tractors, discs, planners, anything like that. But mm-hmm. I would probably um as far as what I would plant, I may change that up a little bit. Um I'd probably stick more to some clovers and some cereal grains, mm-hmm. um, more than brassicas at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think though you'd have a better shot of of getting some green in the field, and and I think those are just a little bit more tougher in my opinion than and I, yeah, brassica kind of needs a little bit longer um, uh, growing season in my opinion to to really produce what it needs to be to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would that'd be about the only thing I'd change up uh, as far as planting practices, though, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything there.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, that's a pretty darn good, uh, foundation. I have a few, few more questions like that, but, uh, before we get there, uh, I just want to talk about some of your products and I'm on y'all's website right now. There's a, a ton of them on here. Um, so I don't know if you want me to, to highlight a couple or if you want to, you know, throw out some of your favorites, but, Uh, Let's just talk about some of these different varieties that y'all offer and maybe like some situations you might pick one over the other. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, So right off the bat, I see Game Changer Soybeans, which I'm familiar with. And you got the regular and you got the 2.0. So let's just start there. What's the difference in those two?
1: So the original Game Changer and the 2.0, the original was what started it all, really on the wildlife side. Whenever I first got there I saw that we had this bean. Um, I knew it was very competitive with uh, some of our competitors beans as far as functionality but also price and I knew we could be competitive in that market and uh, basically just bring to market another option for guys that didn't want to spend a hundred dollars on a bag of soybeans. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a, a early group five indeterminate bean um so basically this is gonna and what that means is it's just gonna keep flowering um and putting on pods basically even after a deer nips it off now I want to clarify that if you go try to plant this in a one acre plot and you've got a high deer density you're probably not going to be too happy with the results because the deer are getting what they need but you're not happy (laughs) because because it looks like a weed eater just went through there and mowed it all down but Mm -hmm. there's definitely some situations and we can get into that in a minute but as far as a, uh, a glyphosate tolerant soybean that that performs well gets the deer tons of forage throughout the spring and summer and then also if you can carry it all the way to production on those pods um, great great source there in the in the winter time whenever those deer are needing that protein to carry them throughout the rest of the winter. Um, now like I said they're glyphosate tolerant this this original soybean is um very drought tolerant i've actually seen this bean go underwater and it still survive and thrive i've seen this i've seen this bean go through droughts of 30 45 days of no rain and still hold on to the best of what you could possibly imagine it could do with 30 45 days of no rain mm-hmm. so um very good bean like i said i would i would probably concentrate on planting these on some larger plots just because it is very hard to have a successful stand of soybeans on smaller plots especially if you've got a high deer density now Mm -hmm. the deer might be eating them and that's great that might be your goal but if you want to if you're wanting any kind of pods at the end of the year i would suggest making these some larger plot plantings you can drill these broadcast these um the 2.0, basically the same thing as the original, it's just a later maturing bean. So it probably get a little taller and bushier than the original. It's a determinant. So it'll shut down a lot faster than than the original will. But uh, other than that, they both perform well as far as getting tall and bushy canopy and out. And uh, you, can, you can spray that glyphosate on there to kind of help with some weed pressure.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh yeah, so this spring was my first year planting soybeans. Uh I've I've always done fall plots and I've tried a few small spring plots, but never put you know much into them. But this year I really did. And and I'll admit I just went down to the farm store and bought some some regular soybeans. Um and they did pretty darn well. But like you said, when it started drying up, they they went fast. And I did have I had one plot that was like you were just talking about, about an acre higher deer density area. And I actually, I didn't know that the beans were even growing. Uh, I thought they, that it just didn't work out until I really got down on my hands and knees one day and, and found out that they had in fact sprouted, the deer just, just crushed them that quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, you could kind of see the rows and everything. You could see the little plants, but yeah, they got absolutely crushed. And then I had a bigger plot that's two and a half, three acres, something like that. And they lasted a whole lot longer Uh, but as you mentioned, when we hit summertime and the rain shut off, they went pretty quick as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely interested, interested this coming spring, uh, in these game changers. I've, I've heard a lot about them, heard a lot of good things about them. Uh, like I said, this spring, I was kind of just testing the water, but, uh, yeah, I I would love to try those this spring. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we've had, we've had great success. I I couldn't tell you the number we sell a year, but, um, but we have a lot of customers that are very happy with
0: it. Uh, We'll just go ahead and stay in the, in the spring. And uh, so I see Ancestry, Ancestry and I see Heritage. So you want to touch on those real quick?
1: Yeah. So Ancestry and Heritage are going to be very similar blends. Um, Quite honestly, Heritage is my favorite for, for whatever reason, we can't even sell that in Arkansas. Uh, Used to be Mississippi as well, but um, the plant, the plant board, I guess, has, or Arkansas has it labeled as a noxious weed. Mm. So that is why we can't sell it. We're, we're trying to get that changed. Not Don't really understand that fully quite, But um, either way, like I said, they're very similar. That's why we came up with the Ancestry to help offset that for our Arkansas customers. But um, as far as qualities, what that's going to do is it's going to give you plenty of height and structure for your uh, uh, cow peas and lab lab. And those sort of plants to bind up and thrive in that situation plenty of cover and obviously plenty of forage for for wildlife um, good for deer turkey just I mean you name it it's I don't I don't know if you've planted any yourself John but it's been a it's a really great blend and this is what I was kind of hinting on earlier about the soybeans mm-hmm. If you're planting a smaller plot, I would recommend planting a blend such as ancestry or heritage, because deer won't wipe it out near as much. You know, you'll you'll learn and you'll see that they won't wipe it out near as much as they would a straight monoculture of planting, just straight soybeans. Gotcha. Um, basically, you got these different plants that are maturing, that are growing at different rates, uh, different times, and they're deer they're attracting deer at different times of the year as well. So, um, and you could still carry this out. You could use it as a screen. I've got some guys, I do it myself, honestly. I've got some places along some roadways that people pass by public roads that I don't necessarily want them looking and seeing what I got in my food plot. So I kind of plant this along some edges um, just to keep peeping toms out, but it, you can also do that to make your deer feel comfortable with coming into the plot as well so even in my fall plantings I'll leave this standing and let it stand all year long till next spring when I replant it just so there's some cover on the outside of my plots as well
0: gotcha gotcha awesome all right and so uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this the the bounty hunter and the legacy those are your fall mixes correct correct yep all right, so I I loved the look of the Legacy, but correct me, I believe that's the one that has sunflowers in it. Is that right?
1: Uh, legacy does not. No, that okay, would be maybe a... the Ancestry, yeah, yeah, the Ancestry and Legacy will, okay. but, um, or yeah. the Ancestry and Heritage will, Legacy okay. will
0: not. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, did so... Yeah, my uh, my dad would shoot me if I planted sunflowers on our place, unfortunately. So, well, I don't remember then, but why oh. I didn't. But uh, but I had, I, so I, I planted, what what really turned me on to y'all was uh, I planted the Bounty Hunter one fall. And uh-huh. it was awesome. And the deer loved it. I loved the mix. And so, uh, let's talk about those two real quick.
1: Yeah, so Bounty Hunter's probably, well, there's no probably about it. It is our number one seller as far as food plot fall food plots go um it's a really good economical blend uh you're talking about 30 bucks a bag probably a little less than that um now a bag does do half an acre um but you're it's it's about 85 percent wheat notes and, and then the rest of it you got your clovers turnips uh peas and and uh rape seed in there but um it's a very good economical blend it's tough i planted this in just about any soil you could throw at me. And I've I've had it grow very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, rocky soils, good ice cream dirt. Um uh, I broadcasted it, drilled it. If the conditions are right, you're gonna you're gonna be successful with this one. And like I said, it's it's definitely our number one that we sell for the guys that don't mind throwing a little bit more money at their deer and, and have that um uh, luxury, that legacy. It's definitely the way to go in my opinion. It is a better blend. Um, You got some higher quality seeds, not so much wheat and oats. Um, Now you definitely still have a fair amount. I think it's about 50% of the bag, but you've got four different cereal grains instead of just only wheat and oats. And then as you can see, I know you're looking at it on your website, but for your listeners on here, um, you're looking at about 11 different seeds in this bag. And I know that sounds overwhelming and a lot, but it works. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it's just a buffet. I know it's kind of a cheesy comparison but it is. It, you, you're literally throwing everything at them. Uh, there's nothing out there that any time of year that a deer could come out there and and find something that would be attractive to them at that point in the year. Like mm-hmm. I said four different cereal grains. Um, you got your uh, brassicas, turnips, rapeseed, uh, peas and your clover so a couple different high quality clovers in there too so mm-hmm. uh, it's a really good blend you're probably talking about $50 bag on this one average yeah. cost so yeah. like I said it's a little bit a little bit more expensive but you're getting a heck of a lot more in that bag as well
0: yeah and you know you mentioned those clovers and stuff so that's going to help that carry over into the spring as well which is an added bonus
1: absolutely so yeah this is this is not providing food year round necessarily but it's uh it's providing it for a long time I mean you're talking from September on average all the way through I mean really June because you got to think about the wheat notes and, and the cereal grains in there maturing about that time too so it'd be very good for turkeys uh, mm. in the spring leading into early summer
0: yeah awesome awesome and uh when we first started talking and we mentioned the word uh, Stuttgart Arkansas I'm sure some people might've gone to waterfowl for some reason. And I see a lot of, a lot of mixes and bags and emblems here with ducks on them. So just to make sure we get everything covered for you guys, uh, talk about some of these waterfall waterfowl mixes as well.
1: Yeah. So we got two to offer, um, quick six is one of them, final flight being the other, excuse me. And, um, quick six, generally good rule of thumb. We try to get this in the ground by about mid July. Um, that's, that's basically just giving time for all this to mature. So you've got some later maturing seeds, such as your rice, milos, uh, and the corn in it. And then in the final flight, you can really get that in as late as end of August, early September in most places, and still have time for that to mature before frost hits or before its hunt season. Hmm. Um, I get this question a lot and I'm sure some of your guys will ask but um, you cannot plant this directly into water. Now hmm. there are certain certain of these seeds that you can definitely have some water on it after that gets up and growing but you cannot broadcast this into water and get it to grow from there. You're going to need to. We've got a lot of guys dry down ponds or dry down some fields and plant it and then um, Maybe after 30, 45 days of growing, kind of put some water on it. You certainly can do that. It's not everything's going to survive, but most of it will.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. All right. And then uh, I got to ask about this one too, because uh, I don't know. The last couple of weeks, I've been spending way more money than I should on waterfowl stuff, so I'm pretty interested at the moment too. Uh, I uh-huh. see one. I see one on here called Invisiblind, and I, I could. I don't know. I guess I could see that working for uh, for a lot of different things. But tell us a little bit about that one.
1: Yeah, so invisible. whenever we first came out with that, uh, it was a two-pound bag. I think we're actually going to move that up to a four or five-pound bag next year. But the whole idea behind this blend is kind of like the ancestry and the heritage. So you just kind of put this around your blind, whether that be a pit blind, sled blind. You can put it around your deer blind if you wanted to. But it's just a cover. So um, you got sorghum grass and milo in it um it's going to grow up some of it 8 10 12 foot tall in some instances so this just creates a natural cover um that you can plant around your blind and and you don't have to go out there and sweat all day and and cut a bunch of brush to brush in your blind as much
0: Mm. so gotcha okay that's what I figured just wanted to double check and give you an opportunity so yeah. Well cool. <clears throat> I mean we we covered most of the most of the blends there. We missed, I think Wild Wings and Cattleman's Treasure, it looks like. Um, but uh people can head on to your website and find those. Uh because I got something else. Yeah. So uh the the way I found out about y'all's company it was from uh the Landon legacy guys, Adam Keith and Matt Dye, and right. uh good friends uh, of the show and everything. I think they've both been on my show and I've met them a few times and uh, great guys. It, oh yeah absolutely and and, but one of the things they love to preach was just you know all around habitat obviously they're big on that that's how they've kind of made their name um you know not just throwing a bag of corn on the ground and calling it good but really putting in the the work and um and one thing that they're big on is kind of coming up and you talked about earlier kind of that year-round food source that year-round system uh and so i was just curious in your mind you know, if you had to pick a couple of these and you're on your own place and maybe you do one with equipment or one without, or if, if they're different, but, uh, I guess I'm just kind of wondering what your pattern would be for all these seeds. Like, do you just pick like one fall and one spring that you pretty much just go with over and over again? Do you mix it up a little bit? So, you know, for all the people out there who are you know fortunate enough to manage their own land uh i'm I'm just kind of curious like i said of of how you would go about planning and deciding and picking between all these different mixes
1: yeah so we didn't hit on this i'll hit on it just for a quick second before i dive off into that but revival is Mm. our only perennial clover plot that we have it's red and white clover alfalfa and chicory but like i said it's our only perennial uh plot that we offer everything else is annuals um so if If I'm on my own place and and I'm doing this, I'm having a couple plots in revival um, just because it's very low maintenance for the most part. I'm not having to go in there, break the ground or run a drill through it or anything like that every year or every six months, basically, if you're planting spring, summertime and then the fall. So um, I'm going to have a few plots in that. Um, That way I've got some year round food for them um other than that like i said earlier my bigger plots i'm going in and planting soybeans or our bona fide, which is the glyphosate tolerant soybeans as well as some glyphosate tolerant corn
0: mm-hmm.
1: so planting something like that my smaller plots i'm planting ancestry or heritage um, and then i'll go in and plant usually Legacy or our triple B, that Brassica blend um, in the fall and usually I can like with that Brassica blend I can do that without having to a or anything like that if I can go in there and just brush hog that uh, that uh, Ancestry Heritage down then I can go out there and broadcast those turnips and, and Brassica's in there without having to disturb the soil or do anything like that and it's quick and easy and I can spend my time doing other things and hopefully uh, improve the habitat around it. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I I hadn't scrolled down far enough. I just saw those other blends that I missed. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I do. I want to back up a little bit and talk about bonafide. Uh, That's your corn mix because I have zero experience with corn. So where we're at, we're, we're in hog country. Um, and there's basically no way I could get away with planting, you know, one to three acres of corn. It would just get destroyed. So I never in my life have planted corn, actually. I'm very jealous of those who can. And so, uh, because I've never talked about it, I would just love to get your take. You know, somebody, there are portions of Oklahoma that either aren't as bad of hogs or don't have hogs. So, um, I know it's kind of maybe sound like a silly question, but walk us through, (laughs) how you would plant and take care of bonafide.
1: So the fide we, and I, I feel your pain, John. I've got a place right here in central Arkansas along the Selene River, Selene River bottoms. And uh, we are overloaded with hogs. I can mm-hmm. send you pictures from the last week and I probably show you about a hundred different pigs on four or 500 acres mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. So I get your pain there. Um, as far as my, my situation here I do the best I can between the coons and the hogs it makes it pretty dang impossible to to make something thrive like that but mm-hmm. um, if you have the capabilities and can take care of it it's pretty simple it's it's nothing uh, nothing crazy um, obviously just plant. you could either drill it or broadcast it Drilling obviously be better get better seed to soil contact try to get it down in the moisture but um, like I said, it's glyphosate tolerant so you can keep that clean field by spraying that. Um, probably wait a couple of weeks after planting if you got some issues. I generally try to tell guys to obviously spray before they plant it just to kind of get a head start. You certainly don't want to be uh, planting and then spraying um, a week after with a with a field full of weeds because it ain't going to turn out very as good as it needs to, as good as it's got a chance to. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, get it planted, you can spray it, keep a clean field. Um, as far as fertilizer recommendations, this is where it kind of gets a little tricky just because everybody's different. Best thing I can tell you is go get a soil test on your fields and that's pretty simple. Just go a couple different places, a few different places in your field, collect some dirt, mix it all together. You can send it off. Most time you get that checked and get an analysis done uh, for little to no cost. So. Um, send that off and see what kind of fertilizer recommendations you need but um, if you can just do that spray it keep a clean field fertilize it and uh like in your instance keep your hogs off of it (laughs) you'd turn out all right
0: yeah uh let me again i'm kind of playing ignorant here but let's say you know somebody's just got their good old ranching equipment or whatever they got a no-till drill would you just pour it straight in that no-till drill That's say on seven and a half inch centers seven inch centers or would you try to like tape over every other cup to spread it out to 14 inch um and i I know you mentioned you could broadcast it too so i guess i'm just kind of curious about like seed rate and spacing and all that stuff
1: i've had guys do both it all depends on uh rates if you're going to go a little heavier on the seed you could definitely kind of tape that one off and give it a little bit more space in between rows um but I've had guys go through there and plant uh, like I said, on those seven seven and a half inch spacings to where uh it still fills out, but it hasn't you're not overpopulating it. It's still it still fills out and has enough room to to grow without too much competition impeding its height or productivity as far as grain yields either.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And in fact I think uh I think Adam sent me a message not too long ago. He he planted some up there on his Missouri place and uh, didn't have a chance to put any fertilizer to it. And it still turned out pretty well. So I can only imagine if he had time to put the fertilizer on it, what it would have turned into. So
0: mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did. I tried to plant corn one time. I, uh, I saved all my pennies and I bought I don't know how many hog panels. And I sectioned off about three quarters of an acre with hog panels all the way around. It wasn't that big. It was probably half an acre of hog panels all the way around. And, uh, but it was like thick, thick native grass and I had sprayed it, but I didn't give it enough time. It was still super thick and went back there and tried to plant some corn. And needless to say, that experiment did not work out. So, uh, I, like I said, I've I've always dreamed of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've, I've always dreamed of it. Um, you know, again, I guess this, this is one thing maybe I'm jealous of those Midwest guys about Let's uh, hear how awesome it is to, to hunt over those, you know, standing cornfields late season. But, uh, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to wait a little bit longer before I can uh, afford to do that again. So you have the right to the best wireless service Bravado wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Well, cool, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that you want to touch on before I let you go?
1: y'all y'all feed over there um y'all mm-hmm. feed much as far as protein throughout the year anything like that or y'all your listeners do any of that sort of thing
0: i know several of my listeners do i i kind of fed it this year i did it more for attraction than actual yeah. you know benefit um that to say you know i did I, I bought i think i ended up with two protein feeders and then one kind of smaller one um so now that yeah. i have the feeders you know i might I might feed some more this upcoming year kind of now that I have it all set up for it. Um, so yep. yeah, I, I have fed oh, some protein, protein and I know plenty of the listeners do. Yeah.
1: I'll hit on a couple of those real quick. If you don't mind. So mm-hmm. I've got, I've got a whole line of deer feeds, um, some rice brand products. Um, obviously we sell deer corn, but, um uh, one of them that we're real successful with and, and sell a ton of bags a year. And I, I use personally quite a bit, but uh, is our rack attract, it's uh, corn and roasted soybeans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that attraction piece, obviously the corn, but the roasted soybeans, when you roast them, it almost smells like peanut butter. Mm.
0: Um,
1: and uh, I'll get you back so you can, you can see what I'm talking about, but okay. it's 16% protein. Um, we've got some guys that feed this year round for the protein aspect, but I'll also mix it in with some protein pellets um, throughout the year just to get that attraction, attraction uh, to it. Now we also just came out with this year a rack attract pellet which is basically rack but it's 18% uh, protein pellet now. It's got moisture guard on it so obviously we're down here in the south hum- humidity can get to us it's mm-hmm. not going to clog up in those gravity feeders if it gets a little sticky outside stuff like that it'll still flow through it just fine but but those are kind of two I just wanted to highlight um, whether you're putting it out to hunt over or keep the deer on your farm during hunting season. So your neighbors don't get them or, <laughs> or feeding year round and uh, just trying to give them every, every source of protein and, and feed that you can get them throughout the year. Uh, mm. We've got a couple options for you there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, <clears throat> so our neighbor to the South, which is kind of the portion of our farm or ranch that I get to do most of my hunting on it recently sold and is getting broken up into a bunch of smaller pieces. And so I, assume i'm about to have a lot more competition and so that's kind of why i started feeding the protein this year and from everything i've seen so far it has worked um i have uh not only i, I wouldn't say the quality too much better again i didn't start feeding it till may you know not enough time to really do much this year um but yep. i have seen more bucks and it appears that i'm holding more and not just bucks does also it appears that i'm just holding more deer by feeding that stuff
1: Right. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I know it's outlawed in, in several states and depend on if you're in a CWD zone, can't feed till in season and that sort of thing. But, but hear me on this. If I'm not always hunting over it because I try to, I try to hunt different situations over mm-hmm. than just a pile of corn. Don't get me wrong. But if right. you're in a state that you can feed, I'm, I'm not above piling it up in the middle of my property just to try to keep those deer close if that's mm-hmm. what it takes too just just because i mean hey i like my neighbor but i like to shoot big bucks too so <laughs> if i can keep those if i can shoot those if i can keep those those buck two three-year-olds on my property without it getting over to the neighbors and them them shooting them then I, that's I'm, that's something
0: i'm gonna do <laughs> absolutely absolutely Well, Keith, we're kind of coming up on time here. I really appreciate you coming on, but before I let you go, I want to make sure people know where to, to find you guys and your products. So just want to give you an opportunity to kind of shout out your website, social media, basically, if somebody wants to find you, where should they go?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, and first of all, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Um, but you can find us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I think we even have a TikTok now. So (laughs) just Stratton seed company. Um, on social media, uh, website is on, uh, you oh. can check out all, of, all of, uh, you
0: broke up for just a second there when you said that website. So I want to give, make sure everybody hears it. Can you say that one more time?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Go StrattonSeed.com.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yep.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. So basically you can get on our website. There's lots to look at. Uh, we've got to update our dealer locator. Um, but you'll find a lot of our dealers on there. Um, contact information, you'll find that on me, as well, if if you've got some listeners out of state too, you can, you can see who's in your area. There's our email address, phone numbers on it. You can give us a, a shout, um, call us anytime, any questions you got. If we don't have a dealer near you and you wanna throw some bone, let us know who we need to go talk to in your area, we'll certainly do it and try to get some products over there close to you, so anyway, I certainly appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. I'll tell people from experience, don't forget to scroll down because you might miss something like I did. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. They,
1: it's, it's a lot to digest. It's like yeah. I said, with the row crop side, the wildlife side and everything in between, there's a lot of information to look at, but it's all well worth
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Keith, I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, great timing coming up to season here. Hopefully people will uh, will give y'all a check out. And uh, I think that's all I got for you, man. So really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'll talk to you next time.
1: John, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir.
0: All right, folks. That's it for this week. Thank you, Keith, for coming on. Again, highly encourage you to check out Stratton Seed and all of their products. Grown in the South, for people in the South. Just a really, really good company. So, That's it for this week. Uh, Hope you guys have some amazing hunting coming up in front of you. Continue to shoot your bow, shoot your rifle, shoot your muzzleloader. Man, muzzleloader season's like three weeks away or something like that from this point, so be sure that you're ready. Be sure that you're prepared. I can already see some cooler temperatures on the horizon. So one of these days, it's going to cool off. It's not going to be 95 anymore. And we're going to have some amazing, amazing hunting this fall. So thank you guys once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Look forward to a lot of good content coming up in the next couple months. And as always, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.